Hi folks, this is Jason Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, give me a little bit of your time. I know have y'all have other things to do, as I say so frequently. I hope it gets you through a little bit of your day. Driving to or from work. Getting ready for work. Sitting on the porch in the evening. Changing diapers. Doing laundry, dishes. Cleaning. Maybe working out in the field and building a fence. Or riding up and down the road, driving a truck. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, thank you very much. I'm very grateful for that. I hope that it gives y'all a little bit of encouragement, and I hope that it helps our nation, even if just a little bit. Those of y'all that are still supporting on Patreon, financially helping the podcast, thank you so much. Incredibly grateful for your continued support and encouragement. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time that you're giving us to try and turn the country around. Thank you for the peace, the calm spirit that you provide for us. Thank you that we can trust that you have everything in hand, that all this world that belongs to you is in your control. Thank you for all the many resources and blessings you've bestowed upon us individually and as a nation. Thank you for the people that are listening today. Be with God. Bless their families, loved ones, friends. Help us to turn back to you as a nation, Father. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us for our rejection of you, for choosing to go our own way. Forgive us for so often following our quote-unquote feelings instead of following your word and your commands. Forgive us our cowardice, our unbelief, Our laziness and procrastination help us to overcome them all. Watch over the president, vice president, our other leaders, both at the state and national level, our judges. Be with them, guide them, give them your wisdom, give them a strong faith. Help them to make the decision you want them to make. And guide my words, Lord, in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Not a lot to report from the homestead. We did manage to get back into the garden, mow a little bit. Didn't get a chance to attack many of the weeds, which is going to make the next time worse. It's an ever-constant, never-ending battle. But the girls did get to come out while we worked. Getting a little water, lay on the trampoline for a while, and so it was pretty, pretty good time. We're going to go back to this passage from the Founder's Bible before we move on and talk real briefly just about the fact that church uh, went on in the Capitol building during the early 1800s and that a great number of presidents, senators, representatives attended that church in the Capitol building. And so, again, it's just one more. I, I was about to say little piece of evidence, uh, but it seems pretty significant. But most of these pieces of evidence seem pretty significant. It's The more you know, the harder it becomes to understand how in the world, outside of uh, evil support, I guess, or encouragement, that we could have ever had a Supreme Court that was supposed to know so much about our Constitution and our history rule in favor of separation of church and state. It's just not historical. It's not the way we were founded. Not the modern meaning. The real meaning of separation of church and state was to keep the state from controlling churches, but it was never to keep Christianity, Christian faith, out of the state. Uh, and so I'm just going to read a little couple paragraphs from this. If you don't have a copy, I highly recommend it, this Founder's Bible. I use it pretty frequently. Uh, and you can find the information, most of it, a number of other places. This just has it all kind of in one area, along with the Patriot's Bible and the American God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. Those are great resources. I say this often. They ought to be primary textbooks in every classroom, school across the country, uh, but and I would highly recommend having a hard copy of each one. John Quincy Adams was a regular attendant in public worship, kept a diary for 68 years, and his Sunday entries routinely included notes on the sermon from that day who preached it, what verses were used, and his own commentary. He intended church in the U.S. Capitol on April 12, 1840. And if we get a chance, we'll read at least one quote of that. But this is the paragraph that I really wanted y'all to see. In 1800, construction on the U.S. Capitol was finished. And when Congress moved in, one of their first acts was to approve the largest room in the Capitol the hall of the House of Representatives as a church chamber. Oversight of each Sunday's services alternated between the chaplain of the House and the chaplain of the Senate. And U.S. Senators and Representatives regularly attended that church, as did U.S. 
presidents such as Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, John Quincy Adams, and others. By 1867, the church at the Capitol had become the largest church in Washington, D.C., and one of the largest in the nation. There's a number of other, uh, and I think in both of these Bibles that I've talked about, maybe in the American God Country Encyclopedia of Quotes, and I just couldn't find it. Uh, but there's a number of other places that talk about just how long we had a church in the Capitol building and how many people attended. And so this idea, we would have a, we, we had a Christian church being run in the Capitol building. But somehow we're supposed to believe that our founders didn't want our Christian faith anywhere near our public spaces, our schools, our institutions. Didn't want that influence of Christianity, of the principles of Christ, anywhere near our legislatures, lawgivers, judges, presidents, vice presidents, military personnel. And you can see, just even from this one little example again, folks, just how false that is. These presidents and senators and representatives attended church in the Capitol building, preached by Christian ministers. The denomination wasn't important. The core faith was very important. You don't have to be, I say this so often, it's so true, folks, you don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American, but as an American, in a Christian nation, American citizens, we have a responsibility to follow those principles of Christ as a nation, or our republic can't survive. We need, again, leaders that openly follow these principles of Christ, not just in word, not just to score some political points, not just to show up for everybody to see on a Sunday somewhere, but actually live out those principles. Does it mean they're going to be perfect? No, they're absolutely not going to be perfect. If we're looking for perfection, there's one man to look at, and he's not a president or a senator or representative or justice admiral or a general but we need those people looking to him just just because we can't ever attain perfection doesn't mean that we shouldn't be striving that's like somebody that wants to be good in some profession or some sport and telling them well you're never going to be the best and that it's impossible for you to ever be truly classified as the best. So, why would you even try? And of course, that's nonsense. Anybody that has gone out and worked hard for something knows that's nonsense. You work as hard as you can. You do the best you can. And that's what carries you. And so we ought to be striving for that perfection. The only way to do that is to follow those principles of Christ. And we used to. We used to. And openly, obviously. So I'm going to switch over, talk about patriotism <laughs> a little bit, and just uh, 
couple comments that go along with that. If I can find the page, there we go. So this is from Noah Webster's American Dictionary of English, of the English language from 1828. Patriotism, love of one's country, the passion which aims to serve one's country, either in defending it from invasion or protecting its rights and maintaining its laws and institutions in vigor and purity. Patriotism is the characteristic of a good citizen, the noblest passion that animates a man in the character of a citizen. From Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, the 11th edition from 2004, patriotism, love for or devotion to one's country. And that's it. Uh, in this little excerpt here, you look at how the definitions have changed. This is from the, the Patriots Bible. The original definition is very specific. Uh, the follow-on one is vague at best. Much like love as described in the Bible, which is the true definition of love, or when you look at Jesus Christ as an example, patriotism is an action. You go back and you look at that definition from Webster's serving one's country, defending it, protecting its rights, maintaining its laws and institutions, right? And vigor and purity. That's a huge one right now because we have absolutely not done that on either case in our laws or our institutions, particularly education. We're not protecting rights. We're creating rights that don't exist today and completely demolishing others. For example, freedom of religion, right? It's fine to be whatever religion or false religion you want, except unless you follow Jesus Christ. And then now we've got some problems. Uh, and that, that really just goes to the comment from Truman I think it was Truman that, you know, we get to that totalitarian point where the state, all they care about is the rights of the state. They don't care about the rights of the individual citizen. And we certainly have not been maintaining our institutions, whether you're talking about law enforcement at a national level, military, education with vigor and purity. And you notice it says patriotism is the characteristic of a good citizen. It's the noblest passion that animates a man in the character of a citizen. Not the noblest passion, period. Webster would have reserved that for following Christ. But the noblest passion in a, in a citizen when you're talking about their, their responsibilities toward the country and really really when you look at that and you go back and you read some of the excerpts that we've read here your patriotism at least for america as a country when you're being particular about america and not just patriotism in general it has to include following those principles of christ having a passion for those principles of christ because that's the only way you can really be a good citizen in america even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Even if you don't believe 
that he's the only way to salvation and eternal life, the only way to be a good citizen in America and the United States in this Christian nation is to follow those principles. And of course, it begs the question, it's very hard to follow those principles if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But, but it, but it is, or at least I, I believe it is. So, I looked up, and you can go on and look, and so <clears throat> the definition from 2004, again, is love for devotion, love for or devotion to one's country. But if you go and look it up today, if you go online and you type in uh, patriotism and Webster's, it'll lead to, you look, you know, they often offer the synonyms down below, and it'll lead to nationalism, which leads to chauvinism, jingism, right? And if you look it up on Webster's app, well, we'll just go and do that real quick. And then if we get a chance, maybe the next, we'll go back and look at uh, Fonts, who some of y'all have been here a while, you, you remember him. Go back and talk about him a little bit. If I can find my Webster's app. You get so many apps on your phone that you can't find the ones you want when you want them anymore. There we go. So, love for devotion to one's country. So that's the same as it was. But when you look at these synonyms and anonyms, it goes to nationalism, right? And nationalism, loyalty or devotion to a nation. But that, when you look at those synonyms and antonyms, then you start to get to chauvinism, jingoism, super patriotism, and the examples, right? Nazism's almost epic nationalism appealed to downtrodden Germans. The war was caused by nationalism and greed, right? And, and so you can keep going and the just, it's hard not to notice this negative attitude today, right? And why do we have this negative attitude? Because the left rejects God and therefore America. And you see this today. You don't want a republic anymore for those people that support the left. They want socialism, communism, mob democracy, Nazism, fascism, those things that are polar opposites of our republic. And so this is just another example here, education, culture, again, the dictionary itself starting to turn against America. And you, you, there's a number of other words that you can look up. It just seems to happen all the time. These uh, colleges, some of the colleges today that are coming out with lists of words that are racist, are chauvinistic, are whatever little catchphrase they want to use. But the point is, if we go back and look at that first definition, and you go back to maintaining its laws and institutions, if we're going to turn this thing around before we get in a fight, a real fight, we're already in a cold civil war. The divide is growing. 
But if we're going to turn this thing around, we're going to have to win fights in culture and education. We're going to have to get back to God being at the center of our education for our children. Whatever that looks like, if that means that we have to, uh, the school choice bills that are going around, universal school choice, there's a number of different ways. But the bottom line is, as a whole, taxpayer money money is going to have to go toward education that has God, the Bible, at the center of it, right? That's what our founders have talked about. We've talked about it so often on this podcast. And we're going to have to get back to ourselves looking at culture that supports those principles. I mean, that's the bottom line, folks. Again, as always, God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. God bless your marriages. We'll talk to y'all again real, real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.